Hi everyone, my name is Joe Shufo and welcome back to Tech Talks in 20, the podcast designed to better your customer experience in around 20 minutes with Genesis experts. And boy, today I am joined by an expert in Charlie Godfrey. He is a senior director in business consulting and we talked about how to get started with AI. What does that actually look like for your business? You know, when I brought Charlie on, I think I was expecting us to get more into the technical side and he taught me a different way to look at it focusing on listening, focusing on understanding, and how we can use that to not only predict, but respond to our customers, the people we interact with, and then make sure it was actually the right way to go about it. So I hope you enjoy this episode. There is so much packed in there around how to use AI, where to get started, and what resources we have at Genesis to show you what that looks like. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for joining us today. I always love to start the podcast off with, can you tell us what your role is, a little bit about your background and, and how your background has enabled your role today? And thanks, Joe. And, and thanks for having me guys on this podcast. Uh, my current role here at Genesis is Senior Director of Business Consulting. And what my role is meant to do is to help customers design differentiated experiences by not only leveraging technology, but also their human resources as well. And I think as I look back over the years, uh, one of the things about my roles is that they're always customer facing. And so I think if we, if we think about our roles, what changes is who your customer is from conversation to conversation. So your customer could be your boss, it could be internal partners and in other organizations in your company, or it could be external customers. But in every case, the customer has a need, and you're looking for the best way to help them achieve their goal. So I think that's probably one thing that we all share in our background and delivering experiences to our quote unquote customers and how AI can help us build and maintain that customer centric focus is my current desire, passion, whatever you want to call it, uh, and focus in my role. Okay. So, so keeping it in mind with your role in business consulting, we know that you work with a lot of companies all over the world and keeping in mind with what they're trying to do, the need they have, are you seeing that change around the need for the use of AI? Uh, am I getting ahead of myself by thinking that we're even changing the need when, when it's still so new as a technology? Yeah, it's a great, great point, Joe. And I, I think we, it definitely is changing. It's changing all the time. I think the fact that AI is now so accessible has really changed the game. And people are finding new ways to apply it, and that's really exciting. Uh, the one consistent thing that I do see as people design differentiated experiences is a focus on AI being in the service of humans, not a focus on replacing humans. There are times when we need a human connection and maybe more importantly, times when we don't or would actually prefer not to. And so AI can help us understand the right moment for automation, the right moment for human interaction. And there are some times where I really don't need that extra attention and human connection. I just need a quick answer. And so if a company can deliver that to me, it's actually a win-win. I love it because I'm on to the next thing in my life that I want to do. And the company should love it because it's a very low cost interaction. And so the opportunity to reduce operational cost and increase customer satisfaction was not something we even thought was possible. And now it's changing, it's changing every day. And more and more companies are understanding that power 
and also understanding the responsibility and positioning of how they want to insert these treatments into their overall business strategy. So yeah, it's an exciting time and it's still an early time. People are still finding their way in AI and how they want that to be part of their experience, but it certainly offers an incredible amount of possibility. Charlie, I think that's a really big point is not just using AI for the sake of automation to, to lower the amount of interactions that are coming to real humans, but to use it to create bandwidth for moments that need empathy or sometimes the most empathetic thing you can do is to just be efficient and give information to the person that needs it right now. So digging into that a little bit more, are you seeing differences in how people embrace that culturally as well? Or, or would you say this type of approach is pretty much the same across the board? Yeah, I love that question, Joe. Thanks. And we do see differences. And I think more importantly, it goes deeper than just the cultural layer. Because AI can scale and analyze so much information and data, we can understand acceptance, we can understand comfort levels, success rates, down to the individual level. And so one of the things we do see is breaking away from stereotypes. Think of traditional buckets of demographics or psychographics in the segmentation that we had. And one example of this that I'll give you is actually my mother. So my mother's 80 years old, and traditionally we would put her, you know, jump to a conclusion that she's not an adopter of technology, and we would put her into a demographic category and treat her as such. You know, the other day I was having a conversation with her and I was talking with her on the phone and I said, mom, what are, you, what are you up to today? And she said, well, you know, I just hooked up my wireless printer. And I said, what? <laughs> and she said, yeah, yeah. I went on Google and I searched for how to hook up this wireless printer. I went through, set up my network and I was just stunned for one, because <laughs> first, I don't think I could set up a wireless printer, <laughs> but the point was very clear that. You know, she's a segmentation of one. And so if we know this data and can understand that, we know that she has a different attitude. We know that she has a different aptitude toward technology and solutions. And just to say that she's in her 80s and should be treated a certain way is a big mistake. And so we see differences all over the place. And what AI can help us understand are these differences and guide each customer toward the experience that's right for them. And so that that's huge. So yeah, are there differences? Absolutely. Are there differences between you and me? Probably. And so AI can help us understand what some of those very subtle differences are and deliver the right experience. Okay. And that's opening up my eyes a little bit because I think we looked at it initially as just a better way to segment, but you group people into these buckets, maybe from a lack of understanding. You say they're this age, they're from this area. So they probably have this technology level of competency. And, and this is actually a good moment to pause. You recommended that we change the name of this podcast episode to how AI can make people feel better. And we didn't do that, but that wasn't meant to be an insult. But I think this is a good note to ask you. Why did you bring that up? Is it, is it coming back to stories like this is the reason? Yeah, I was a little put off that you ignored my input, Joe, but <laughs> I'm at least glad we're talking about it now. And so one of the things you'll hear a lot lately is this topic of empathy. Everybody's customer-centric and em empathetic. And empathy is defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. And so we've taken a look at empathy to analyze how can we make it actionable. And we've broke it down into a few key pillars. So if you think about you know, how we interact with each other and friends and family, you start by listening to the person. 
And as you listen, you're checking for understanding and you're leveraging your experience and what you know to predict the right action to take. And then you respond to them and take that action. And after you respond, then you kind of check their reaction and learn from it for the next time. And so if we look at things like that, and we know that if we do that right, it makes the recipient feel better, feel good, makes them feel known, makes them feel understood, heard, and appreciated. And that just feels better, but it doesn't scale. And so what AI can help us do is deliver this type of customer-centric focus and understanding across all that customer and employee landscape. So at huge scales. So I think that's, that's where I'm coming from is that, yes, it's a technology, but if we use the technology in the same mechanism and structure that we use to interact with people and, you know, listen, understand, take action, and then learn from that, it can be an amazing engine to help just people feel better about the experience. And, and that makes a lot of sense because I think so often when we think about AI, a lot of it is, to use a, a lack of a better term, that marketing veneer where it's, this is the newest technology. You should use it for the sake of having the newest technology. <laughs> and that's a question people have is, how does AI help us scale in a business? What does that look like for them? Is that something that maybe you could walk through with us on, on how businesses are using this to scale that need for that one-to-one -one relationship? Yeah, that's that's a great question, a great point. The why and how we do it, how we break through the, the messaging and the concept to make it real. And I, I think if we think about the why, so we, we talked a lot about AI as a technology, but we should also think about why. Why is it important to make somebody feel better? What are we solving for? So what are the questions? What are the challenges? And when you come at problems from the why, you often arrived at a completely different place and a different design from a technology and solution perspective. So focusing on the why with AI is probably the most important thing, because if you do that, and if you answer the why, then you should be positioned to convey the value that your solution brings to your customers, to your employees, to the stakeholders and shareholders of the company. And when you have that big picture, it's a lot easier to make business cases you know, position yourself as a thought leader and a business champion from a technology space. So yes, AI is cool and it's a great technology, but we as technologists should also be really asking the questions, why would we put something like this in place? If we know the capabilities, you know, what could it do for the business? Because on its own, it doesn't do a whole lot, but let's think about, you know, how do we make it real? And it kind of goes back to those key pillars of empathy. And so one of the biggest complaints that customers have is just repeating themselves, right? They have to tell their story multiple times. They contact with different people, different channels, and there's no connection. And so that feels very disconnected. And it feels like people just don't understand what they need. They don't understand who they are. So if we go back to those key pillars of empathy and how do we make it real? So let's think about listening. So yes, we listen with our ears, obviously. And from a technology perspective, you know, if I'm going to geek out a little bit, that's things like real-time transcription. That's topic modeling, right? That's, that's natural language understanding, under, uh, understanding what's being said. You can do that. But I think expanding the role of listening a little bit is also about data. And so it's about, are you listening to the clicks on your website? 
Are you listening to what's being put into your search engine? Right. And so there's so much information that's just left on the floor that could be used and leveraged to listen to what is this customer trying to do? Who is this customer? And then we move to understand. So how can we take this data and how can we model it into action? How can we get better at understanding? And so from an AI perspective, that could be where a bot comes in. So a bot comes in and says, hey, Charlie, I see you're looking at this. You know, do you have additional questions? Let me clarify your intent. And so now that we understand, we can leverage models and AI uh, next best action to understand, okay, what should we do next for Charlie? And so leveraging that power, we predict the response, we take action, we maybe surface some content, we surface some offers, and we sit back and we see how that goes. Do I get a thumbs up? Do I get a thumbs down? And I learn from that. And so if you start thinking about empathy that way, and you start thinking about those different technology spaces and opportunities to listen, to understand, to predict and take action, and then learn from it, now it becomes pretty clear that it's not architecture. This is real stuff. This is real data that we have today. And if we can leverage AI to harness that and pull it together, then we've got ourselves experience as a service. <laughs> if I can go back to our marketing messaging. I want to come back to one of the things you said in the beginning, which I thought was really interesting around listening, using the searching that, that someone's doing, using the, the clicks that they're, they're showing on the website. That feels like body language in a sense that before they've even spoken to us, they are illustrating something. They're showing what they're looking for. And when we think about being empathetic, sometimes it's just knowing what that person is feeling and finding a way to, to have those touch points to understand more. Do you think this helps people? This helps the human when they're looped in having this type of data to get a little bit more of an understanding that there's a person on the other side of this and they're trying to accomplish a specific task. That's one of the things that's sometimes overlooked is the recipients, right? So yes, we focus on the customer experience so much, and that's very, very important. But then, you know, when, when the rubber hits the road, so to speak, and we get to a human contact, are we providing that context? Are we providing all that insight to the employee so that they can enter into this conversation from a place of understanding? from a place of empathy. And so, yeah, I love the idea. And, you know, certainly from our perspective, we're looking at it from both sides. We're looking at, yes, the customer centric point of view, listening, understanding, but also we should be looking at it from the employee side as well. And that means listening to how the employee's doing when their performance, what's being said on the call. So going beyond traditional quality monitoring, right? And things like that. How are they doing with the various different types of work, with the different segments of customers, with the different you know, attributes of customers, with different products? And so understanding, do they have the right skills? Are, are there development opportunities that we should pursue? And so AI can help us understand those kinds of patterns to really make an employee feel better and more confident about their job, about the work they're doing, about the answers they're providing. Think about you know, agent assistance. So taking real-time transcription of the conversation, turning that into real-time knowledge and surfacing the relevant information so that the agent actually has responses in the moment. And so one of the biggest complaints I hear from employees on the front lines 
is, you know, I just don't have the information. Sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm just not confident. I don't know enough. I don't have enough training. And so if you've got an assistant there that's listening, that's understanding what's being said, that's predicting the right information to surface to you and, and the next actions perhaps, then think about how that increases your confidence, how that increases your satisfaction in the work that you do. And it just makes you a better employee. And by making you that better employee, it makes you a better ambassador for the brand. And so one of the things that I'll always say on, for anybody that's willing to listen to me is that those folks that are picking up the phone calls, they're answering the chats, whatever interaction in frontline brick and mortar, they're the brand ambassadors. They are the face. They are the voice of your company. And so oftentimes those are the people we pay the least attention to. And so there's a tremendous opportunity to leverage this to make sure they're getting what they need so that they represent the company in the best light. That's huge. And this actually reminds me of a story of a few large retailers have been looking at agent assistance for phone call situations. And I know that physical spaces aren't a thing anymore with the current reality, but the story was if you were to go to a large retailer, let's say you have a child moving into college for the first time, you're buying a variety of items and you move them in and you realize their roommate already has some of those things, maybe a microwave, an air conditioner, something like a printer too. All of those have a different return policy. So if you were to call in and ask someone for help around how long you can wait to bring this back, if you can return it at the closest store, not the one that you purchased it from, this would require them to go back to a return policy that has maybe 19 different categories. So as a human being, you're having to go on hold, having to ask someone, wouldn't it make more sense to use AI from an agent assistant standpoint to look that up, to take the topics that are coming through in the transcription and give someone some confidence to know that they don't have to dig around, that information can surface up as needed. And think upstream of that. If you're calling in with those products, you know, we should be clarifying intent up front to say, I see you just bought X. Do you have a question or a return question about that? We capture that intent. We package that up. We deliver it to the right resource who has a proven track record with that product, with returns. And so we, we really kind of stack the deck for success right off the bat. And so it's not just one component. It's the orchestration of several components together and stacked on top of each other that really makes it an exponential experience. So when it's well-designed and when these things are working together is when you get the biggest lift for your business and the biggest lift in experience as well. So as we start to look at what we do to go forward, right? I know my time in customer support, many of us tried to improve by just digging through past examples manually or working with the team to learn through those examples and combine our experience, which was sometimes painful, but it was the best way we had to help others. Are you seeing any challenges as, as businesses try to embrace using AI in this way? Absolutely. So one of the first major challenges, not insurmountable, but it's a very interesting situation, is that AI is nothing without its fuel. And its fuel is data. And its data supply needs to really be thought through and to be connected. And so as companies start to look at the holistic experience across the web, across you know chat, voice, in the contact center, what they're finding is in many cases that data is disconnected. 
there is no primary key or it's a, it's a lot of work to get there, or they don't even know the person that has the data. And so one of the challenges is to bring all this data together so that AI can look at it, can make sense of it. And so companies are now finding that they need projects to think about that, right? You can do it in stages. You don't have to boil the ocean and take on the whole organization. But as you look to expand the experience, one of the first questions that should be running through everyone's mind is, where's the data? Where can we get the body language data? <laughs> where can we get the what's being said data? Do we have any sentiment analysis? Do we have any customer satisfaction triggers? Did somebody give a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Where does all that data live? And then pulling that together along with the knowledge, right? So to surface self-service knowledge, you have to have it kind of a good library science and indexed correctly, right? And so it was interesting. I was working with a big company and we were in our customer center in San Francisco and we were going around the table and people were, you know, introducing themselves. And so everybody's SVP of, of different departments. And this one person said, you know, Charlie, I'm, you know, SVP of this and that. And oh, yeah, I also look after knowledge. Like it was a, an afterthought. And so we didn't say anything then. But then we went into the demo room and we started looking at all this AI we started looking at all this self-service experience happening. Everyone's getting excited. And I said, Dave, you do realize you are the most important person in this room right now. And it, I could see it in everybody's face that they had totally missed that. This knowledge curation is such an important part of the employee experience, of the customer experience. And oftentimes it's kind of an afterthought of, we should put up an FAQ. And so yeah. to take that mentality and say, no, 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 we need to figure out what is our answer across any channel. If somebody asks us that question on social, they get the answer. If they ask it to us on the web, they get the answer. If they do it through async, if they call, they get the answer from our company. That's huge. Well, one, it's really encouraging because in our previous podcast with Jack Nichols, we talked about the progress of a thousand steps that these leapfrog changes were actually little deliberate actions to get there. And I think you bring up that great starting point is there has to be a good source of information to pull from that's governed, that's not stale, so that when we're using it and learning if it's the right answer, it's good from the, from the beginning. It's not that we're taking something that's poor and just spreading it in different channels and sharing it with other people. So Charlie, as you, you've taken us past these ways to get started and gone through that framework of listening, understanding, acting, and making sure we're learning from that, are there examples out there in real life? What do they look like? I know it's tough to name companies, but maybe if you could mention some businesses that you've seen that pull this off. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of them that we probably all know and maybe take for granted, right? The things that Google does is amazing right? When we think of Netflix and what they've done with their algorithms, incredible stuff, you know, not, not necessarily, you know, customer center kind of approaches, but excellent examples of leveraging data to, you know, move experiences forward and personalize the experience. But there is one story that I'll share with you. So a few years back when the TVs were just converting over, you needed a little digital converter box. And so I remember that my wife wanted a TV in the kitchen. 
And so I purchased a little TV for the kitchen, realized I needed this digital converter box, went to the cable place, which was basically a converted ranch house, picked up this cable box, went home, put it all in a box, stuffed it in the attic and wrapped it up for Christmas morning. Christmas morning comes around and my wife, you know, excitedly unpacks the television and, and she gets this thing and she holds it in her hand. She doesn't know what it is. It's a digital converter. And she, I said, you need that to make the TV work. And then as I was saying that, I'm saying, oh my gosh, you need that to make the TV work. It needs to be activated. So, you know, Christmas morning, wah, wah, you know, there's no TV. And so just as a lark, I said, you know what, I'm going to call the cable company. And so I got on the phone, I got my smartphone, I dialed the cable company and it says, hello, Mr. Godfrey, I see you recently picked up a digital converter box. Are you looking to activate that now? And me as a designer of experience was actually taken back to actually be part of it to say, oh my God, this is it. This is what I'm telling everybody about. And so I put the phone on speaker because my parents were there and I said, guys, you have to hear this. The IVR persona took me for, is the TV on? Yes. Okay. Is the digital converter box on? Yes. How many lights are on the digital? Is it one orange? Is it one green? Is it two greens? And I kind of hesitated. I'm like, yeah, it's one orange and one green. And so she says, terrific. I'm going to send a test signal to that box and activate it. A little percolation happens. And pretty soon I see the two lights turn green. And she says, do you have two green lights? Yes. Go to channel three and turn the TV on. And so I go to channel three, I turn the TV on and there's the signal. And so I tell that story and I'm like, technology saved Christmas. That's a huge thing. So are these experiences real? They are. And it's wildly exciting and absolutely differentiated. So I tell people that story and that's, that's an incredible advocacy to have If technology can create that kind of brand advocacy, I think that's an incredibly powerful opportunity. And that's that's really where we're at now. So, Charlie, I know we've gone through so much today, but I always love to end every episode with a question around what is the part of your personal tech stack you cannot live without? And that could be anything. It could be an app like Evernote, uh, a device, whatever it is. Like almost all of us now, we've become so dependent on our smartphone. So the smartphone is just such a transformational piece. It's always near me all the time. So, you know, you think about putting the user and the customer at the center of the experience design. I never know when I need to transcribe a thought or maybe a melody. And so I have that. I never know when I want to take a picture of a bear or something that's crossing my backyard and I ha- or a video, and I have that. If I want to check my email, I have that. And I can answer a phone call. For me, you know, that piece of technology is absolutely amazing. I even tested out an AI-driven virtual friend. So it was interesting to watch this AI bot learn about me, learn about my interests, just so it could say good morning and, you know, how was the movie last night and things like that. Uh, it's a little scary that, you know, people would rely on a digital friend, but uh, but it was very interesting. So I think... You know, the the smart device is definitely the piece that's transformed the world as we know it. The piece of technology, I don't know if anybody, you know, there are very few people that could probably live without it. And really the future of all kinds of commerce. 
So with that, I just want to thank you for coming on today. I, you know, I mentioned this earlier, mainly because your ability to take a look at this perspective and look away from the technology, but more as the why, who's using it, the person behind it. And we really appreciate having you on today. Well, thank you, Joe. It was my pleasure. It was a great conversation. And for those listening, thank you for joining us for another episode of Tech Talks in 20. Be sure to check out the resources on this episode. If you're wondering more about how we're using AI, we actually have an AI interactive tour, which takes you through the agent and the customer side, how those pieces elevate both ends of that spectrum and how they come together. Also, don't forget to click subscribe. I mentioned the Jack Nichols episode, and that is a great one. And we'd love to have you tune in to more focused episodes that better your customer experience. So thanks so much.